Church Matters, where we talk Real Church Matters because Real, Real Church, Church matters. matters. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, Charity. I didn't even get to say, and I am with. And I am with. Charity. Charity. How you doing, Charity? I'm good. I'm glad to have you back. I'm um, glad to just, Good time. just going around a rotation. Oh wow! Yeah, did mommy two times. Thank you. Did you? Mommy had to carry for two because Philip's out the rotation right now while he recovers. Prayers to uh, brother Philip as he continues to recover. Um, wish him health and uh, prosperity and. Uh, Thankful that I got a nice little roster of people who don't mind coming on. And uh, so here's you. Well, I'm always there. I appreciate it. And I only have certain topics that I want to talk to certain people about. Gotta put everybody in the box. This is this is your bag right here. This is your bag. This one. We'll see. RealChurchMatters.com is the website. You go on there, it's uh, over 180 now. Um, different episodes. That's so 180 hours of content that you should find something that is worth listening to. And you should know somebody else who probably listened to one or two of those and benefit from it. And uh, I appreciate it. I seen it, Charity, that you put it up today and said I'm all ears with a little uh, elephant. I was like, okay. <laughs> That's what's up. Oh, she was all ears, folks. It was an interesting one. Anyway. <laughs> but um, I appreciate you guys listening. And uh, obedience over always, all over audience as always. But since we have an audience, let's get to it. Now, what do you mean by you want to get into it? That was a good. That wasn't a good episode. No, I didn't want to get into you baiting me. Oh, into talking about. <laughs> uh, that's good. But today, Charity, what I want to talk to you about, I want to have you on because I want to talk about um, this little problematic thing. I realized that um, certain things Christians don't say because they feel that saying it is in a, being in agreement with people who have co-opted certain language. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things like that. And. I came up with the idea of of having a separate podcast called Gaslight Gospel. Hey. <laughs> mm. And literally it just be the problematic scriptures that people use 
mm-hmm. in problematic ways, especially like women being uh, submissive to their husbands, mm-hmm. just all the gaslight scriptures. But um, and this is not it, but it just made me think about that. <laughs> but um, but it's made me think about how we misappropriate certain truths because they are true. Mm-hmm. But since certain people have co-opted those truths, the Christians will go out of their way to make it like those things don't matter. Yeah. And they do. And one of those things is taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And taking care of ourselves on multiple levels. And this immediately when you talk about it, people scoff it as self-care. Mm-hmm. Right? My thing with people who even co-opt the idea of self-care is that um there's a there it's the beginning it's not the everything it's just the beginning and there's a lot of people who t- technically take care of themselves yeah it's part of the the wellness it's part of the wellness but my thing is if you're saying that you take care of yourself but you allow other people to disrespect you what you treat you wrong mm-hmm. then you're missing you have a blind spot in what you consider to be self-care mm-hmm. or if you're a person who believes that taking care of oneself is to be self-indulgent then you also have a blind spot because Absolutely. you don't understand that there's a way to take care of oneself without being self self-indulgent mm-hmm. and so i just want to tackle any one of those things wherever you want to start with, but just. Well, I think with, with everything, um, we need to learn that there is an ebb and flow of, of just the natural progression of things. Yeah. The way God intended for us to see everything is, you know, in the physical and also in the spiritual. Absolutely. So there's, this duality of yes you have to take care of the physical you also have to take care of the mental and the spiritual um and i think people miss that part they they focus and and they i don't know if you could say they hyper spiritualize things i don't know yeah i would say that hyper spiritualize things or Hyper realized things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As far as the fleshly aspect, like they're so in themselves mm-hmm. that they don't be, don't, they leave no room for God. And then they so into God that they leave no room for this reality. Yeah. And it's tricky. And I was just telling somebody like the way that I looked at the matrix was like the prototypical Christian is Morpheus. Mm-hmm. Who was opening people's minds mm-hmm. to a world, but it's like you open people's minds to a world, and then unlike the Matrix, we can't pull them out of this one. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's like why open our open people up to a world and then not show them how to live within both worlds? Mm-hmm. And so exactly, we have a lot of that happening. We have a lot of people who are not taking care of themselves. We have people who are saying that they don't have peace and that anxiety they feel is just a day working off for of three hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do. I can't even give you scripture at this point. I give you scripture to say, well, he said he'd keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. That brain with little sleep can't focus on anything. But there are, uh, you know, scriptures that address um, 
because Paul had to address a lot of when established in the church. Yeah, he had to address a lot of um, the physical realm. Yeah, and a lot of those scriptures are the scriptures that people use either to gaslight, gaslight you, <laughs> yeah. or to completely shun away from um, the. The Christian thinking. Yeah, or even how Paul was really trying to navigate two cultures. Mm-hmm. It's like when he's telling these women, like, hey, we can't have y'all preaching in here. Because in their culture, the minute those men saw a woman preaching, it was a wrap. Like, mm-hmm. they disregarded everything that Paul was trying to do because you came against their culture. And people even say then, like, well, are you saying that we should navigate cultures in a way? I'm saying that if you were (laughs) in those countries, let's say the charity wanted to go to a certain country and spread the gospel. If she went to a certain country and had her skin showing. You still have to abide by the laws of the land. The culture, really. Even now. Yeah. If I were to go to Abu Dhabi. You know, I, I still have to wear the head wrap and all of that stuff yeah. and have my skin completely covered. And be careful who you speak your truth to. Mm-hmm. Because charity's no good as a truth speaker if charity's dead. Exactly. <laughs> so, so if charity's like, well, I don't care if I die for the gospel, it's like, Unless it was foretold that you must die that way in order for the progression of the gospel, like Jesus, Mm -hmm. then you dying is in vain. The same way they said, Jesus, if you're going to go, we're dying with you. He's like, no. Me dying on the cross hit different. You dying defeats the mission of me even coming. And this is all these things like navigating this stuff because it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Number one, guys, get some sleep. Get some sleep. Get some sleep. Get a solid six to eight hours, please. And if you're a young kid listening, hit that 10. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, stop getting, stop missing out on the realities. Like, we need our brains to communicate, not just to people, but to God. And you and I were just having this conversation where um, everything is kind of meshed together. It you is. Know, the, the new age Christian um, they subscribe to the belief that, you know, you don't get no sleep. You you sleep when you're dead. God didn't call you to sleep. Yeah. He called you to work. All of that stuff. It They'll attribute that. Like, they have that hustle mentality, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you got to use wisdom. Mm-hmm. We have to use wisdom. I think that that's the reason why books like Proverbs is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's like the way he, he sums it up. It's like all of this practical information, all this practical wisdom is literally how I consider the human mind digests spiritual things. We digest, we take in spirit and we spit out wisdom. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how the byproduct of God is just like you, yeah. you push out wisdom when you don't have wisdom. When you telling me I'm so angry and I don't know why. And I'm like, well, you've been chugging a bunch of caffeine. <laughs> You're irritated. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. people like, I got the spirit of anger on me. No, you don't have a proper diet. You don't sleep well. You don't drink water. You don't, Your body isn't even set up in a prime s- setup 
to receive from God mm-hmm. or to even focus on them. And that's how other, um, this is off the topic, but that's how other um, spiritualists can come in and, you know, teach people these simple fundamentals on how to take care of your mind and your body, and they subscribe to it because it does make them feel good. Does make them it feel does good. make them yeah. feel like they're living a, a well rounded life. And it bothers me because they'll be like, "Well, I, I understand that all that prayer stuff. It didn't do me do it for me, but I found something in meditation." Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I don't understand. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm trying to figure out. Like, so when you were praying, what were you doing? Exactly. Well, I was on my knees and I was talking to God, but just to be centered, just to steal my mind and to focus on things mm-hmm. that bring me joy and peace has brought so much peace to my life. And that's the the the, the ignorance that people are taught in in the church that what do you think he means by meditate on him day and night? Yes. Like, I mean, he invented, he was the the beginning of meditation. It's so annoying because you'll see somebody pray. And even when we are in the public settings and people are interceding, mm-hmm. it's like this. I don't know what this is, but I don't think, I think it's more of uh, a, um, what do they call that? When somebody does, it's more of a monologue than it is a meditation. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? I catch myself now when I'm praying that I'm not starting to sound like I'm write, writing speeches for Martin Luther King. Four scores. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I have a dream that my family would serve the Lord and my mother. No, I, sometimes I just I just lay there and center my mind on God mm-hmm. and think about people. I stop telling people I'm praying for them. Some people I just think about. Mm-hmm. Now, just think about them like, Lord, like, I know this is going on in their life and this is going on. I would love if they could just see it this way, if they could understand this. I've been telling, like, literally, shout out to Brianna. She asked me, do you pray for me? Can you pray for me? I said, I always pray for you. She said, how can you pray for me if you don't know what I'm going through? I don't need to know that. I don't need to know jack of what you're going through, sweetie. Let me tell you what I pray for. You want to know what I pray for? She said, yeah, tell me. I said, I pray for you to have wisdom and to have better prioritizing of what matters in life, to better have better time management. All the things that I knew that I struggled with in my 20s and my youth, I don't want you to miss opportunities because you caught up in your desires. And I don't want you to see more of him in the things that you say are as the enemy. Yeah. Even the things. That's what I, uh, the other thing I told her, I said, I burned so many bridges mm-hmm. and then went back to those bridges, shook some more gasoline <laughs> and lit them again. It, things that I needed, people mm-hmm. I needed mm-hmm. because of my ignorance and my mm-hmm. anger. That's what I pray for for you. She's like, well, you know, that's pretty bleak. It doesn't, didn't really, it doesn't really uh, encourage me. I, that's not what my, my prayers, prayers are for. Prayers are not for your encouragement. My prayers are to prepare you, to prepare you for. To, to, to I pray that God can get through. I'm mm-hmm. praying to amplify a signal that is already strong, but not as strong as the signal that you locked into. Yeah. 
And I, I don't need to know everybody. When I say I'm praying for them, that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for those things. Those are basic things that everybody struggle with. And if I know we all struggle with priorities and focus, I know that the the tool by which we use those things need to be in its optimal form. Mm-hmm. I know that I was no, I was the farthest away from God when I was sick in October. I know that. Now people would be like, I don't understand because you was too sick to sin. No, you don't understand. Unbelief <sighs> is, is is sin. Yes. Real church matters. <laughs> yes, Charity. I was I was very far from mm-hmm. because my body wasn't in the optimal place. I was racked with pain, and therefore that pain came with a certain type of fear. fear. Yep. Came with a certain type of anxiety. When Jesus asked them guys in the garden to pray with him, he wasn't they didn't understand the point of that. Because they didn't understand why a man who told them that somebody's about to come and take me and told them there's nothing they could do about it would still have would still have them pray. Mm-hmm. He's not praying to change the situation. He's praying to be encouraged in what he must now face. Mm-hmm. And people don't see the purpose of prayer when prayer don't take them out of situations. No. Don't help their loved one who's sick. I've been praying and they getting sicker. You don't understand. That's something they have to face, but they don't have to face it alone. And they don't have to face it in fear. That's what prayer is for. And I realized we, we were taught to spend more time focusing on changing the the situation. Absolutely. And telling God very detailed what we want the outcome to be rather than praying for us who just allow God to yeah. be God. And it, you know what I was about to say, you know what make me mad? Well, in a way it did. Is <laughs> <laughs> the fact that even when people say they tried God and he didn't work, the 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 whole impetus behind that is like if they was trying different oven cleaners. <laughs> well, I sprayed it and I did everything it said. It directed, and that stain is not leaving. Mm-hmm. So none either either that don't work or maybe it's a tough stain and I just gotta live with it. You looking at your husband or your spouse and saying they're not fixable because you prayed a few times. Do you know what I'm saying like? You're not, we're not using these things to fix people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We not, I'm not even telling you the reason why the person subscribes to meditation, transcendentalism, mm-hmm. Buddhism, uh, yoga. They're, they're trying to fix something. It is fixable without God. Yeah. That's why he said he gave us all the tools. <laughs> <laughs> he gave us everything that pertains to life. And godliness. Literally. He gave it to us already. So it's just accessing what he already gave us. And that's what these people have realized. And and that's the reason why I get so frustrated with Christians. Yeah. New age Christians. Because they intertwine so many things. When all they have to do is truly believe in that one thing. Right. All of these other things... 
have been perversions of that original thing. Right, because anything that tells you it can solve a problem you already possess the answer for is tricking you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you see a sign on the road that says work from home over $1,000 a week, never leave your house. (laughs) They know that sign works, not because you don't have a job, but because you want a job of a certain type. You want a job with minimal effort. Yeah. You are telling people, I can't find a job. That's not true. What you're telling, what you need to say to people is, I can't find a job on my terms. Mm-hmm. When people say that I need God to do this or I didn't need God, I just went ahead and did this. Most of the people that have found out that they can do without God are just people who came to terms with work. Mm-hmm. They say, you know what? If I lock in, and focus. Absolutely. I can it's get it done. It's up. It stays stuck. And if it even look like it's going to fall down, <laughs> I don't mind getting up there and fixing it. <laughs> it's the lazy person that's still a little disappointed with God. Which is why we as Christians have the rap that we do. We do. Because they're laughing like, I didn't need God for any of this. So what do I need him for? Sister, brother. What I'm telling you right now is you don't need God for any of that. No. That's not why he's in your life. Mm-mm. I don't think people know why God is in their life. But you know why they don't know? Because they don't know why people in their life. I do know one thing, whether, because I've talked to people who have converted to being spiritualists. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also talked to people who are Christians, but intertwine spiritualism. They got a crucifix and a crystal dangling from a crystal crucifix. Absolutely. And one thing for certain, if the spirit isn't there, they have no peace that, I mean, I feel like peace is a true indicator of whether you truly believe that God is God and you have His spirit inside of you. This is going to sound goofy, but there's a difference between being having rest and being rested. Mm -hmm. So I, but I'm telling you that you can't find rest without being rested. Yep. But there's a difference. So yeah, there's people who can be rested. You can be rested without rest, rest, but you can't have rest without being rested. Mm -hmm. And you can be at peace without having peace. Mm hmm. But you can't have peace without being at peace. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it goes hand in hand. It's, it's having peace is temporary. Yes. It, it's being at peace. You know what I'm being saying? At peace, a station of having, peace. Having a, a, a moment, a of, moment peace. of peace. Yes. Is for a moment. Yes. It's fleeting. But to be in peace. We're. It your peace is no longer based on your external circumstances. Exactly, it's in you. It it's lives in you. in you. So a person can actually practice these transcendental methods mm-hmm. to bring themselves to a moment, a state of a peace. state of peace. But if they found out some news that sobered them up, instantly they'll snap out. They of snap it. out, and then there's a problem because now they're trying to arrive back to that place in the mist. Mm-hmm. Of pain, and then they realize here is where 
the rubber meets the road. It's the real problem. This is where yoga don't work because you're not going to stretch out and start doing your 26 poses <laughs> when you are in a posture of pain. Mm-hmm. When you're in a posture of hurt, when your husband says he don't love you no more and he's ready to go and he got this divorce papers on the table, Mm -hmm. you're not breaking into your downward dog. You calling him a dirty dog. Mm -hmm. The reality is God is for those times. He is for the times where we find stability. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he tried to lay the stuff out to us in a very simple fashion. There's a storm. The boat's jumping around. The people are panicking, rightfully so, mm-hmm. even though they live their whole life on the sea. A storm still shake up even the most grizzled and veteran mm-hmm. boat person, fisherman. <laughs> Jesus is knocked out. And I realized that the mentality of Christ is seen as lunatic to people. Absolutely. Because if you are chill about life and all the ebbs and flows it take you through, as Jesus was on that boat, there's something wrong with you. There, there is a a a, a certain lunacy you have to have in order to really, truly believe beyond what you see. And if you want to make a Christian mad, call them crazy. I ain't met a Christian yet. You call crazy. People call me crazy. And I, I, I got more offended by that than the stuff that was true. Because I didn't like the way being a Christian made me feel. I do feel out, out of sorts. I do feel outside of myself. Not just outside of social mores and culture. Mm-hmm. I feel outside of my own little world. My own comfortabilities. My own idiosyncrasies. I'm on the outside of that. Looking in at me and saying, I don't belong here. And that leads to another um, self-care thing, mental health. You know, a lot of people think that mental health does not, it's not a factor or doesn't need to be addressed if you believe in God. Right. Like, what what do I need to um, make sure that I mentally am okay if I am... In God, and I believe in God. Right. And you know what it's like? People talking about mental health in that way is like people sitting in a room with their friends and saying, I'm so alone. And their friends are like, well, what are we? <laughs> Chop liver? Mm-hmm. When you hear a Christian talk about mental illness or mental health, mm-hmm. where they talk about depression, and being depressed and waking up in the morning and not feeling right. And it's like, like you said, where he gave us everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's like, how is he not supposed to take that as ungratefulness? Mm-hmm. How is he not supposed to take that as he can't please this person? They're, they, they, they don't understand who he is. Mm-hmm. Like he's chopped liver. Because the reality is, is that in half of what they're saying is true. If you're a Christian, there is no mental illness, mm-hmm. but only for the person who understands the power of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to church and you play with God, you are predisposed to mental illness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you cannot mess around with carcinogens and then get upset when you're diagnosed with cancer. 
I agree. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. I did. I went in front of what you said to the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I know what you're about to say, but that doesn't take us to what they have to do. Yeah. In light of that, the reality is, is that if they don't understand that it's right there, mm-hmm. then they'll start this nasty conversation of wearing T-shirts to say, I, I have Jesus and a therapist. I don't know if you ever saw those T-shirts. No, never yeah, saw Somebody selling those. It says, I got Jesus and a therapist. It's like, here's the thing. The therapist is helping you sort out the things that are in your heart. Mm-hmm. If you actually use the word as it says to, it says this sharper than a two-edged sword rightly divides the mm-hmm. word truth from lie up from down life from death. It helps you to parse the things that are in your heart. Yeah. That therapist is only helping you do what the Holy spirit was given to you to do. Absolutely. The heart work needs to happen. If you feel like it needs to happen with a therapist, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But don't think that that's not what was laid out in the scriptures before anyway. And there's tons of people just playing church, but not doing heart work. Which is the Bible's full of that. And I think that part right there is is what I was talking about. Yeah. Like in church, we don't talk about heart work. Heart work. Which is, you know, mental health. And a lot of people they refuse to believe that it exists. Yeah. Because they they play in the middle realm. Right. So if we don't address the the middle realm of okay, you're you're like you said, you're playing with carcinogens, and well, you're smoking, and you think that you aren't going to be able to. You are devastated by the diagnosis of lung cancer. Yeah. When you have created an environment where said thing can thrive. And and I think that's what the Bible was talking about when, you know, the Bible says that darkness cannot live or yeah. be in the presence of light. So if we are light, we're supposed to shed light on the dark places. Right. The the places that the enemy would come in and use those things right. as a way to sway someone out of the gospel. But this is where people are torn when it comes to mental illness. Mm-hmm. I liken it to, because I, I have dealt with my own situations with mental illness, and this is what I came to understand. Mm-hmm. You're in your room, you're asleep. Mm-hmm. Because you're asleep, the best scenario for me is complete darkness. <laughs> the minute somebody opens a curtain or anything, I'm upset. Mm-hmm. Because light is not what I need right now. Mm-hmm. Dark is what I want. Mm-hmm. Dark is conducive to what I'm doing at the present time, mm-hmm. which is sleeping. Mm-hmm. We can tell people all day, the best solution to your mental state is light. Mm-hmm. But they come to a catch-22 when darkness is best for what they're practicing at the moment. Agreed. Do you know what I'm saying? So they're torn. They know what you're saying is light. They know it's right, but it's not the right time for it. And they're trying to figure out how they can have light and feel all right in the night. And it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. That complexity 
everything about mental instability is about indecision. Mm-hmm. That complexity creates indecision. Do I want to say goodbye to the dark when I really enjoy the way it makes me feel is conducive to a certain state? Do I want to stay there? Or do I want to leave? Because when it's time to, when the light's out, it's time to work. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's time to do things. It's time to be up and at them. And I'm not ready for that because it's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And for me, mental illness stemmed from a fear of being up and at them. <laughs> when I really just wanted to stay down and out, mm-hmm. even though I complained about it, belly ached about it, wrote romantic things about it, how I hated this place. The, the best music is dark. The best poems are dark. The best movies are dark. Because that's what's known and familiar to you. Yes. So it's comfortable. It calls to us. Mm-hmm. Every person. Nobody wants to see a reality show without no dark. Mm-hmm. Let it be five black women, the housewives of San Diego. I don't know what it is, but they just encouraging one another and doing all that stuff. Nobody watching that all day. <laughs> Even when it's the Braxton sisters. They nice and they joke around, but if they're not going to get to the, the foolishness, we ain't watching this no more. <laughs> I want somebody cutting their hair bald. I want somebody depressed, sad, ready to hurt their husband. I want them going at each other's throat. Somebody need to grab a drink, throw it in somebody's face, mm-hmm. fight with our mother. That's the television I want. Mm-hmm. People love a train wreck until the train wreck is on their side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Then everybody's like, I need this to stop. But you don't want to stop what got you to that side of the tracks. Yeah. So they'll say, I'm in a toxic relationship. Finally out of that. And go find somebody <laughs> else that's just got just as much toxicity. Yeah. And they follow that same cycle. So we torn. Mm-hmm. And torn individuals are never going to be benefited, going to help themselves. And you're going to be prime for therapists. Who are making money. This is the other thing. Jesus gave this stuff freely. Uh-huh. The work can be done free. The answers are free. You're going to pay somebody to sit and tell you a truth that you're not going to listen to. But you feel good telling your foolishness. They do. The, the, when you look at Yelp. I, I did this the other day. <laughs> I looked up Yelp and read the reviews on therapists. I wanted to know what people thought of their therapists. Uh-huh. The main thing people say, easy to talk to, good listener. Somebody said she cut right to the quick, told me what was up and down wrong about me. (laughs) Now, you can't tell me you ain't have therapists already in your life. If you, you know what I'm saying, like the things that people are desiring from these therapists are things that are all around them Mm -hmm. for free. But you don't want to hear them. You don't want to. Mm-mm. It's a game. It's a game we play with ourselves. I don't know who need to hear this stuff, but they got to unpack this stuff for yeah. real. It, it's it's you're playing with yourselves. You're playing a nasty game with yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. From that to the person who wants to complain about how they don't get no sleep, but then when you tell them the solution, like you didn't have to stay up and do that. Somebody. Message me at 3 a.m. And I said, you should have been asleep. And they said they was working on something. I'm like, your priorities off. <laughs> your pri- anything you got to do at 3 a.m., 
and it can't be done another time, that's an unhealthy thing. Because you're not going to be in your prime self to be able to do the other things you need to do. And this person had other responsibilities. Did it require their focus? And you ain't going to have that focus on four hours of sleep. Yeah, but also that that's priorities too. So <laughs> that's the, But that's all that stuff. That's not... Think about how much that we do to put ourselves into these pits of despair. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing you want to do is come to the church and we try and dig you out of despair with an imaginary shovel. Mm-hmm. I can't even get the scriptures yet. <laughs> Look at your eyes. You got these bags under your eyes. Your eyes are bloodshot red. Mm-hmm. Your lips are dry. You pinch your skin and still you stay up because you don't even have <laughs> you dehydrated. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I had people in the hospital. I had people texting me scriptures. I got morphine coursing through my veins. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm thinking about the project that I had to, the people that are disappointed in me, the person that's disappointed with himself. And they like be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. The money that you lost. Money that, that, that fell on the ground that I can't pick up. We don't like that. We don't like none of that. Fumble in the bag. He did he did hideth himself in the Lord. <laughs> I'm hiding in a hospital bed, trying to figure out how I got here. Yeah. I can't wrestle with these things. And that's another thing. I um it's it's funny that you said that because I'd been thinking about how um how we war with things, you know, once you you are a, a a believer of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. You've been walking this race with him for years, right? For years. So there's a comfortability that you have in that. Yeah. There's a stability that you have in that. But also there is a, a sort of um, stagnation that can come with it. And, just being comfortable with the fact that you don't, you're you're in His will, but you're not really in His will. His will. You're in the you're framework not, of legalism. Yeah. You are not doing the things. This is where the Pharisees were. That's why I always go back to mm-hmm. modern day Christians or ancient day Pharisees. Mm-hmm. My weenie is cut. There's no skin there. I follow every law. I even made some new ones and I follow those too. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus come and say, you look stupid because you cut skin off and I want you to cut parts of your heart off. Exactly. And he like, and eh, let's kill this guy. Cause he wants us to do things that not only I don't know how to do for myself, but I can't check to make sure other people did. Cause I could pull up his tunic and see he ain't right. And then we stone him, but I can't check people's hearts to see where they at with God. Mm-hmm. We would love to, we tried to, but he made this thing very private. And how the, the simple things are we overindulge in our hearts with? Like, very simple, like binge watching a whole series on Netflix when our, our time could have went to something more useful. Charity, I've been just worn with this lately. And shout out to the person, because when she hear this, she going to know I'm talking about her. But I'm like, tears in the eyes, 
frustrated, overwhelmed, trying to talk through these things because it's weighing on her spirit. And talk to her for a second, get her calm. She like, did you check uh, that new show on HBO? I, it's just, I don't want to talk about no show on HBO. Honestly, if things are as bad as you're laying out, HBO should be the last thing on your mind. Yeah. Forget home box office. Let's get into holy Bible opening. Yeah. That's what I need you to do right now. If that's not the urgency, then you got to wonder why pe- nobody takes you seriously. Exactly. People don't take Christians seriously when we say that we we love God. They don't because they see our lives. And and honestly, a lot of people say it don't matter, but it does. It does. We are living witnesses of the gospel. How do you think that it became this thing where the people that go to Gold's Gym think they better than the people at Planet Fitness? <laughs> I realized how it came about. Because when you go into Planet Fitness, it's catered towards casual exercise. They got things on the wall like no grunting. If you lifting some weights, it's going to be some grunting. It's no grunting. They ring an alarm if you grunt too hard. You slam the weights down. They only want you carrying heavy heavy weights. This is a casual place. People come in there with full weaves on, makeup, flyaway <laughs> eyelashes. They got the dog on uh, the mascara part, the wing on their eye. They got the everything. And you like, you didn't come to sweat. I don't know what you came to do. Mm-hmm. Same thing every day in life. This hard work that we talking about, you can't look cute doing it. You can't. It took a brother to be sitting in his hospital bed, scared for his life to really deal with some of the things that was going on. Look at you worried about what a man think of you worried about what a man can do to a business. You did. You didn't even earn and they can't take away. Mm-hmm. Look at you scared. Overwhelmed. I didn't have to have to put on a shirt, tie, shoes. I didn't have to do any of that to get to that place. I just had to be broken. Yep. The real work charity is happening at these other places. And that's the self-care that we're talking about, that this only the spirit can navigate you. And this self-care, the, the real work of, you know, knowing... And how to move forward in moderation, you know, of things that we have to do. Have to do. In order to live life. But you cannot put your head in the sand. You cannot act as if these aren't things you have to do. And if you're waiting for people to take you by the hand and walk you through them, you're going to be sadly mistaken. Mm -hmm. That's no one's job. The church has made people feel like it's their job to hold you by the hand. I literally was t- just talking about going to I go to people houses and try to encourage them. Mm-hmm. And somebody said in the midst of me saying what I'm doing, it's like you can't be people's superhero for us. Huh? Wow. Here's the thing. I'm not trying to be nobody's superhero. <laughs> but I and this is what I explained to that person. And I explained to anybody else. Who that's your response. What you don't understand is that we all have a responsibility to one another. And our responsibility to one another is not to heal each other. No. 
our responsibility to one another is to encourage one another to healing. Mm-hmm. If you going to give me directions and you hear, I don't know what you talking about. You might have to drive me there, but driving me there ain't doing it for me. And it, it doesn't look the same to everybody. It doesn't. doesn't. Encouragement doesn't look the same, but I know one thing, but where the spirit leads, it does. One thing that encouragement is not, you cannot encourage somebody to take their time. You need to encourage somebody to find the urgency in what they must do with their time. Mm-hmm. There's an urgency there. And I, I get concerned when people think that what we're doing is saving lives when they don't realize, like, you, you, you don't have that power to save your own life. Mm-hmm. I just told you a story about, about seven, eight months ago. I, as me, as who I am, found myself in a situation that had me perplexed because I was not prepared for the toll it would be taken on my body. Yep. It began to take a toll on my mind. Mm-hmm. And is there anything anyone could have did in that situation? No and yes. Let me tell you what somebody did. I told somebody that I needed to still get this work in. They said, I'll finish the work for you. I said, I got to get you the laptop. They said, I don't know how you're going to get it to me. Somebody else said, I'll take it to them. That somebody was you. You ain't got to tell the people. At the end of the day, (laughs) those people helped me. Mm -hmm. They didn't help me to healing. Mm -hmm. They helped some things get out the way so that I can get to what? Healing. And that's not... Us taking the the place of God or being a superhero trying to save everybody. And that's helping people clean the mess to get to the mess. Some things is just really not that deep. It's not that deep. It's not that I'm not. I don't need a cape to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. You come in somebody's room, you see it's dirty. I ain't going to help you clean it. But I tell you, the, the first thing. I like to do is just get all the the, the stuff over here and stuff over here, get some mess out the way so you can see what you're doing and kind of have it organized before you get it organized. That's the way I like to think that may not be the way everybody do it, but I know what ain't going to work doing nothing. Do you know what I'm saying? And you might not know that the way that you clean up mess might be the beneficial way for someone else too. So why not share it? Yeah. Why not share it? There's a ton of ways to see all of this stuff, but it doesn't hurt to share. The world need to share more. You know, they say what the world needs now is love, sweet love. <laughs> it does. I don't even like the church. People don't like to think of unity in that way. Really? They don't. Hmm. They like it in a fake way. Like, people be like, the churches need to unify. But then they'd be like, what about the gays? Like, ain't no unifying with them. (laughs) It's like, here's the thing. We as a people need to unify. Mm -hmm. There are gays in your family that need to feel love before they see love. Absolutely. But if you can't unify with them in one way, how can you want them to be like-minded in another 
You know what I'm saying? Like-mindedness that we try and get people to is that we all share the same mind of Christ. But in order to share something, you got to give them a piece of it. And it's, it's also, and I've been really thinking about this, because as I interact with people who, for lack of a better words, um, have been isolated, so they've never had to be in the presence of somebody who wasn't in agreement. Their 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 circle is so small and, yeah. and they go from point A to point B that they have never had to interact with a person who made them feel a connection to this is a spirit. Yeah. This is a soul. And they aren't who they are on the outside. Yeah. But if, if, and not everybody has gay people in their family, not everybody has somebody in their family yeah. who isn't in agreement to what they're used to. Right. I'm going to tell you this. The, the way y'all feel about gay people is the way I feel about nasty people. Facts. <laughs> and I realized that even with my <laughs> phobia towards nasty folk, <laughs> that I have to see past who they are mm-hmm. and love them. Mm-hmm. Don't let you find out that somebody's mouth been in. in Don't let the, me find out they got my name in their mouth in a nasty way. Now all of a sudden I'm I all ain't talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> now all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, I like that cleanup. <laughs> now all of a sudden I got phobia. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden I'm about to bash and not gay bash, <laughs> but I realize. What's the difference? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, the same. it's a what I was about to put this on Instagram and I didn't think that people would feel hurt by it. What happens when you don't like the way your family move? What happens when you just don't like the way they move? You still love them. You got to love them. It's a it's a very easy answer. I just didn't want to put it just because you know what I'm saying like people uh, You know, that's been a thing that you know when when your family knows you and they know how you move and they know certain things that they do, it's going to aggravate you because right. they know how you move. Yeah. And still, with both of y'all fully aware, you still have to love You got to love them. Because some of the stuff, you know they move. Some I, I know some of the things are just me with preference. Mm-hmm. Like they move like that and you be like, ah, that's lame. I'm just looking like I'm looking at them. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's lame. Why are you so lame? Then there's other things that's not like that. Other things is like, oh my goodness. We like, can't agree to this. We can't agree on that. Like, hey, that's dangerous. Uh-huh. That That's dangerous. That's hurtful to your, the biggest thing, because I don't want to even be like vague about it. The biggest thing I have is priorities. Mm-hmm. Where I have loved ones who I don't think are prioritizing the things that should matter in their life. Mm-hmm. It kills me kill me mm-hmm. and that the reality is when they're not prioritizing those things that i think matter i i it, it, i caused me to like try to isolate and and try to not engage and stuff and it's like it's the same thing mm-hmm. i have to love and i have to show love and i have to engage in that way and i have to encourage them to be mindful of the spirit when they're doing these things yeah like, 
is are is your spirit really telling you, guiding you to do these things when you have other things that need your immediate attention? Right. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing. People think that it's pointless to even talk with their homosexual loved ones because they don't feel their words matter because my words won't turn them straight. You're missing the point. Missing if you're the still point. worried about their sexual orientation, you're missing the point. the point. And no, there's not one scripture. And you literally will have people texting their gay loved ones scriptures. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you so you sent them Romans. So now they know it's an abomination. What now? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what to now what? Mm-hmm. No different than if I know somebody gossiping about me, I overhear it or something, you know, randomly. <laughs> randomly. What's the point in calling them out on it? Ah, I see you. I don't understand. Exposing is not encouraging. No. Exposing is not exhorting. And that's what we were called to edify. I've spent a great deal of my Christian life exposing people. And getting mad because other people won't expose them. Until I've been on the other side and I was sitting talking to somebody and the other person got upset and said, you're not telling that person the truth. You you catering to them and making them feel like they okay. Why? Because I didn't berate them and expose them. <laughs> some no some stuff it, it doesn't that's a fine line we we teeter totter on it needs to be discussed when you're saying some stuff clarify what you're saying um in regards to the i i feel like as brothers and sisters in christ mm-hmm. there is a certain level of accountability when when things are presented in your face, yeah, and you know that this this needs to be addressed, yeah, so that we can be in in oneness. You know what? I, you you just qualified. It's a huge qualifier, and I love the every scripture that pertains to this. Mm-hmm. It pertains to holding people accountable. Always talks about the qualification of who this person is to you in mm-hmm. relation. So he said, if you see a brother. In a fault, or if a brother offends you, mm-hmm. it's never saying stranger. Mm-hmm. It's always qualifying it as the relation has to be an earned one. Yeah, this is already an established relationship. But here's the thing: a lot of people think that they have established relationships that aren't established. Agree. Blood does not establish that. No. There are loved ones that I have that have the same blood coursing through my veins. I cannot address them on certain things. Absolutely. Because I have not, we do not have that relationship. I have not earned it in whatever way, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I just haven't. Mm-hmm. I cannot address things. Mm-hmm. I'm left to not address it. Mm-hmm. Other people, they, they, I got to address it. And even then, I got to do it in love. Yeah. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I just. But, but this is the thing. I'm not going to question whether it's in love or not. If it's established. Because yeah. I know. I know force, and yeah. I know the spirit that dwells in him. 
and you know charity and you know the spirit that dwells in me, we are unified. Yeah. So when I say address something because of accountability, it's yeah. us having a conversation. Here's the thing though, Charity. Let's use us for an example. Mm-hmm. Isn't how nine years apart from us? What is it? Eight. Eight? Mm-hmm. So I'm forty, you're thirty one? Thirty two. Oh, it's eight. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so so eight years, but there was enough of a span of time and enough siblings in between us, Mm -hmm. we didn't really spend a lot of time with each other. Mm -hmm. So there's a great deal of time that I had in your life that I couldn't address certain things with you. Mm -hmm. As an adult, we've been able to spend more time. There's a comfortability now that you can feel to address me about issues and I can address you even in that. And that's why I like using us too, because you're here to actually cooperate. Mm -hmm. Even in that, there's certain things I ain't going to touch. Not because I don't see it or don't worry about it or not concerned with it. But for that same reason, you just said when you know somebody, you know what they're aware of. Mm hmm. I do not feel we need to keep telling people what they're aware of. I agree. You know what I mean? I, I agree. Say, for instance, if I ain't had no job. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? If I didn't have no job and you, I didn't look like I was moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like you're going to come to me and be like, Forrest, you know you ain't got no job. Mm-mm. No. But it would, it would concern you mm-hmm. because you want the best for me. But you're going to move a certain way with it because you know he's aware of that. Mm-hmm. Because while I'm aware he don't have no job, he's aware he don't have no money. Not everything needs to be a conversation. Yeah. Some of the stuff needs to be addressed in prayer. Yeah. Some of the stuff needs to be addressed by actions by me. Like, so it's not always... Cut and dry. And that's all I was playing out the nuances to it because people just see wrong and like, okay, do I have the place to say the wrong to the person? No, it's a lot of nuance. You need to operate in wisdom. Mm-hmm. You need to operate in an understanding that we're not here to expose or Christian splain to people. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's like you telling a homosexual that it's wrong to you mm-hmm. is not the same as telling them. That you love them. Mm-hmm. Because what's wrong to you ain't wrong to them. If it was wrong to them, they wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. And then even when it is wrong to them in a way, they're upset that it's wrong to them. And they feel like the only reason it's wrong to them is because they've been brainwashed to make it wrong to them. Mm-hmm. That's the whole reason why they make a whole thing about letting everybody know they gay. And making sure that Grandma Lucy accepts them. <laughs> Hug me, Grandma Hug me. She don't want to hug him. She's like, no. No. Eat your food. You can have a plate here, but no. And this is stuff that play out. Now, I just watched the episode. <laughs> oh, you did? It's that stuff that play out, and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Because we literally are the, the, the biggest hurdles in our family's life. Mm-hmm. Even though we're supposed to be the way. Mm-hmm. Instead of being the door, we the hurdle. And some stuff we are accomplices in. That's you a better know, word. Not just 
a hurdle, but an accomplice. Accomplice, yeah. So that's why I'm saying, you know, the accountability portion because, you know, you and I have a lot of conversations that don't pertain to, you know, God or the spirit, but it pertains to life and godliness. So, you know, we hold each other accountable and it may be just, you know, us saying, all right, we've been eating out too much. Yeah, yeah. It could be any or let's (laughs) let's not make it like it's the Waltons. There's times where I think I just said it the other day to you, like you'll say something and it's still bother me mm-hmm. but it's like <laughs> she right i just don't know i told antoinette <laughs> no, I'm gonna sell this told i told you that and then i told antoinette too because this is i'm gonna share this story antoinette had this thing where if my breath stinks she'd just slide me a piece of gum <laughs> she wouldn't say nothing she'd just be like here she would eat one first and then she would say here and then i knew that she knew i don't eat gum but she's like brother your preference don't matter here. We about to go in here with these clients. <laughs> I need you to rock on this gun. And I, out of annoyance, I would say, I, I don't want no gun. And she wouldn't say, you need it. She'd just say, are you sure? And I knew why she was saying that. She was going out of her way to try to be the least offensive. And I still was being offended. Mm-hmm. And out of spite, I would do things that I knew I should, we about to go deal with some people. I should eat the gun. <laughs> eat the cake. Do you know what I'm saying? But we deal with, we we know what that's like. Mm-hmm. To know you you going out of your way to try to be the least offensive. And people still get offended because it comes against their pride. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to deal with. Yeah. With families and stuff. But I just wanted to say it to her like, I, I recognize that, and I recognize you was bending through hoops to try to do it right. And I should ate the gun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good that I can go back and say it to her. Like, There's some people that will smell your breath and don't even care enough to even pass you some gum. Sis, and we'll go tell somebody else, I don't know if it's halitosis, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or just halibut, but the brother got something going on. He need to take better care of his. Needs to take care, and that's the reality. Is that I realized that the biggest impedance to feeling the unity in the family in my life was pride. Mm-hmm. It's not the absence of pride. People be like, "I feel so alone." Nah, it's people around you. You just built a wall of pride. Mm-hmm. You can't even see them no more, and that's another point to taking care of yourself. It's like some of y'all, y'all just need to take five and just recognize the blessings around you. And that's why I wrote that song, the, you know, messing up the count. Because <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah. You count your blessings, you get the number five, and then you start pointing out the flaws and stuff. If you make it that far. If you make it that far. <laughs> and then people try to tell you you got blessings. Like, I, you, I didn't heard you complain about your spouse all day, but you that's a blessing you have a spouse. You don't have the one I got. You messing up the count. Some people start with the bad and end on a high note. Like, yeah, he don't do this. He don't do that. Yeah. But I love him. And that, But then they'll go to somebody, a life coach, who will tell them to write down 10 positive things and say, 
she's opening my mind to such positivity. The Bible been told you to do that. <laughs> Bible said if it's positive, it's praiseworthy. He said, think on these things. Mm-hmm. But you didn't pay $50 an hour for somebody to give you a journal and tell you to write down those things. It's nasty. Ain't that crazy? Mm-hmm. I just feel like I just wanted to to have that conversation. And and most people are more receptive. Let's not, you know, get it twisted. Most people are more receptive when it doesn't include anything pertaining to God because of their their, their relationship. Their relationship with God. Yeah. Nobody and did a movie right yet about that. No. Just the people's relationship with God is tainted because it's, of it's confliction because yeah. what and number one when I ask people how do they feel about God, they always start with, Well, why would God do this, that, and a third? Yeah. It's always why would God have us here only to die? Or why would God, you know, have yeah. heaven and hell? It's and that whole relationship is complicated. Yeah. It's it's nothing that I can say to you that's in the Bible to convince you that God it because it says God is sovereign. Yeah. It doesn't even give any reasoning in the Bible. Uh one day he decided to create earth. And, and, and people will gravitate to anybody that can just give them a solid explanation, even if it's not rooted in any truth. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's it's no different than the Indians who danced and it rained and said, tomorrow we dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like we, I, that's the nasty part. And I get it. Like business is based on creating a model based on a need. Mm-hmm. So I know like shout out to everybody, the therapy, the life coaches, it's a thriving model because people need, Mm -hmm. they need answers and the book of the Bible. Don't give answers. Mm -hmm. It gives an answer. Mm -hmm. People don't want an answer. They want answers. Mm -hmm. We love multiple choice. That's my favorite test. (laughs) I'm like, I got a fighting chance here. I know (laughs) one of these answers is the right answer. Yeah. And you do deduction and, and it's, it's a wrap. Yeah, I hate math. <laughs> math is only one. It's only one answer. They got to so bad where they give you half points for at least seeing some. Like you was on the Working way. Out the problem. You was on the way to the right answer. So my teacher would be like plus two, plus two, and then all of a sudden it start getting bad. Like minus one, minus one. I tried to help you out, but it, it, this is just a trash. This, the work is bad. Everything bad. Jesus is the answer. He is not the answer to the things that we want answers to, mm-hmm. but he is the answer. And that's a whole other thing. Yep. Because I got problems. You got problems. We all got problems. I just realized Jesus ain't the answer to those things. Nah. He ain't come for that. You know what I'm saying? There is an answer to each and every one of the problems I have. Most of them revolve around work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Most of them revolve around work of some sort, effort of some kind. Effort. You know what I'm saying? When I walk past the mirror in the bathroom, I don't like what I see. I know the answer to it, and it ain't Jesus. 
Facts. I might might call his name a few times while I'm doing what I need to do mm-hmm. to get rid of that. I might have career issues. I know the answer to it. It might be pivot. It might be be more creative. It might be work harder. Mm-hmm. But Jesus ain't the answer to those things. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the answer to the eternal problem. But but people like black or white. They they. <laughs> They like that. And I could see how, you know, a lot of people would you gravitate to inspirational speakers versus preachers yeah. of the gospel. I got to specify. Absolutely. Because inspirational people give you an answer. Mm-hmm. And a proper preacher gives you no choice. Mm-hmm. And no choice don't feel good. Not for people who are very... In themselves. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And he's you like, I know what I want to do. I'm looking for a cosigner. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like when you look for a cosigner, that's not Jesus. So this self care is not that. Nah. This self care be like It's the work. It's the work. Kinda like the same thing. I just was listening to an old message of mine four years ago and I said, I'm trying to teach people the word of God and they don't know a word of English. Mm. And I was mean to say over the pulpit. But the reality is, if you don't even know the same language, you're struggling with the words that are in here. You don't even know what they mean. Mm-hmm. But then you're trying to tell me you don't agree. You didn't even know what that word meant. <laughs> like from Webster. Mm-hmm. Let's just start from Webster. What's love from Webster's dictionary? <laughs> Before you get into what love is in Jesus terms. Or what a comma mean. Or a semicolon. Mm-hmm. You can hear it in the way they read scriptures. They just power through a, a comma. Like, <laughs> conk, conk, conk. <laughs> a, a sister or a brother will no talk. Inflection no inflection. No pause. Smart. Nothing. <laughs> they will power through all punctuations and then not understand. It's a it's a very vital one in a scripture that people love to say where he said uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood. Mm-hmm. There's, it's a comma there. Mm-hmm. And it, in, it means that we raise up a standard. Mm-hmm. It says when the enemy comes in comma like a flood. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it points to us, not the enemy coming in like a flood. When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, we raise up a standard against them. Meaning we overpower. Yes. Mm-hmm. But when you hear people say it, they're like, the enemy came in like a flood. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Right there, you missed the comma. And that's that's real. That is so real. Yeah. That is so real. And it all came from just hearing it in a song. And because he moved it around the pause because it fit for the song. Yeah. And when you hear the pause at a certain point, you're like, ah, that's what he meant. Nope. Wrong. But that's what I mean. That's what we talking about with this type of self-care. You missing the commas when you don't get rest. Mm -hmm. You missing the commas when you don't meditate on God's word when you don't eat right mm-hmm. when you don't get proper water your mind is not in a state they let you know without sleep and water 
you begin to lose focus and begin to not make sense. There's a fog. Mm -hmm. It's not with clarity or soberness. Soberness. Amen. We want to get people in a state of sobriety. Mm -hmm. So get some sleep, guys, please. Get some sleep. Say night, night. Just this week, before you commit yourself to this every day this week, I'm going to do a devotional and pray before I go to bed. No, this is what you're going to do this week. Cut everything off. Cut everything off. Give yourself a nice little runway to sleepy town. Get up. Be refreshed. Then try to set your mind on the things of God. Don't start your day on your phone. Don't start your day even opening up bills. Start, start your day with God so you can hit those issues in the right mind. Because you got people that's just hitting the issues in the wrong mind. The wrong mind. I was talking to a sister and I'm saying all these scriptures and stuff. And then I was talking to you about it. And you was like, just gave me pause, like force. This is what's going on with her life. This, this. It's a lot of things taking a toll. Let's be mindful. I was listening to you. <laughs> you was just sending me simple things. Like, it's just a simple thing. It could be as simple as it's that time of the month, ladies. That matters. And I used to be one of those people that preach, like, y'all be up there scapegoating everything on your PMS. I'm just nasty because it's that time of the month. I, I can't, I, I'm, that's true, but I also have to be mindful of it. That those there are hormonal imbalances that are happening that I should be mindful of. Yeah. Not to and say, I think that's the part of um, self care with with your mental health. Yeah, mindful, mindful. just mindful. Hey, I, I got a fan long family history of yeah. instabilities. These are things I need to be mindful of, protective of. Uh, urgently caring to tending to and keeping myself away from triggers of certain things this was a good one thank you charity you can you guys i gotta gotta talk to the right people with these things because we wouldn't have got past the first 15 minutes if i talked to the wrong person (laughs) but real church matters i don't even know what i'm gonna call this one i'll figure it out Oh yeah, I did search. I wanted something catchy, but um, no, I don't know. It'd be so care. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Real church matters. Thank you, charity. Uh, Episode something something something. I don't know, but God bless.